Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 101, interview with Dr. Paul Syungo Zhang of the podcast, What Do You Mean God Speaks? Part 3. We'll get back to what, what I was doing with the uh, podcast, What Do You Mean God Speaks? So you yes. listened to the first episode, which apparently you like quite well. Yes. Um, and here's what I was trying to do. So with God at the Crossroads of Worldviews, I was going through what it means to cross worldviews, but it's it's very meta. I mean, it's it's thinking about the debate about God rather than speaking about God. Right. So when I was now trying to speak about God, except in the way that I proposed in my book, uh, my first question was, from a secular outlook, whether it's a Christian who's sort of steeped in secularism, but don't know it, um, or say an agnostic or an atheist, if when I went through an agnostic um, phase, how did I think about God in such a way that it seemed like, you don't, I shouldn't really believe in God, or there's no need for God, and all of those things. And why would that make sense? Because uh, one of your argument, uh, repeated arguments, is that atheism is also faith, right? Right. And if you're an atheist, you don't want to hear that. Oh, no. And but but at the same time, I wanted to understand why that doesn't make sense. Because if you think about it, a lot of lot of the belief um, system that we have, rational beliefs, are still beliefs, right? But we don't want to we don't want to say that. Oh, that's just, or what they want to probably say. Uh, if I were to think in their shoes, is that sure? If you like really push for technicalities, uh, what I believe uh, or my lack of belief about God is still belief, but it is fundamentally different from faith that the Christians talk about. And I was, I was trying to figure out, not trying to figure out, I was trying to remember what it would be like to think like that. And here's sort of like the analogy that I um, sort of came up with. And this is a pretty recent one. I didn't have it when I was writing the first episode, but um, here's how I would word it now because it's much more evocative. So I don't believe in aliens. Like, I don't believe in, like, UFOs with aliens with the UFOs. I can't prove that there are no aliens with the UFOs. Though, so epistemologically, knowledge-wise, I can say that I don't have knowledge that there are no aliens. I don't have knowledge that the arguments for the existence of not life in, life in outer space in general, but, like, UFO aliens, right? I don't have knowledge that the arguments for their existence wrong. And sometimes it does become pretty disturbing. You know, for example, the Pentagon videos about the UFOs, where the president comes and is like, yeah, there are UFOs, and, and our military sort of trapped them, and we don't know what they are. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of disturbing. Then you have um, some astronomers say, oh, well, there's this weird-looking um, meteor that sort of shot, uh, shot past, and it acts like a spaceship, right? And you're like, oh, it, it does make you nervous sometimes. But... Getting, make, making me nervous doesn't mean that I then suddenly become um, a believer in UFO aliens because there are other explanations. Uh, there are, or even when you don't have an explanation, you have strong confidence that there are explanations because some of the previous sightings of UFOs turned out to be something else. And so unless I feel that, unless I myself encounter the UFO um, and, and an alien and, and I get abducted or something, I won't believe. And even if I get abducted, there may be other explanations, like maybe I'm hallucinating. Yeah, so we're not required to believe almost anything, no matter right. what the evidence is, is that we're presented with. Yep. But at the same time, what I, I would want to say is that 
Sure, um, I, I can't prove that there are no UFO aliens, but my faith, you could say, in not believing that there are aliens on UFOs is not the kind of faith that people who believe in UFOs have. Like my, I think mine is more rational and it's less about faith than those people do. That, that's what I would want to say about UFO aliens. Then I realize that agnostics and atheists today probably think very similarly about God, right? Yep, and, exactly. and this is a reason why they, want, they would say, yeah, like my atheism isn't really faith. Yeah. Sure, it's not like logical deduction that there's no God, but it's fundamentally different from, from your faith in God. So I was trying to figure out how do I communicate the concept of God that undercuts that? And my answer was that God is not an alien. And it's like, yeah, obviously it's like, no, no, no. What I mean is that we have made a fundamental error or misunderstanding in thinking about what it means to say, or what, what the word God means. And here's where that being among other beings come from. We think that God is, and this, this has been a long time in the making in the past few hundred years, that we think God is some, some sort of super powerful entity. He's like a God, like Odin or Zeus, except more powerful. I, I recently named him Super Zeus. So uh, instead of man, you have Superman. And instead of Zeus, you have Super Zeus. And that's what Christians mean by God. It's like a super powerful entity that's up out there somewhere. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed in episode one, the mm. idea that we have to stop trying to find a job for God. Yeah. And of course, this is that God of the gaps argument that for me, I, I've taken this on at various places in the Christian atheists. But one of the things I, I did just this season is talks about one of C.S. Lewis's essays. Uh, and, and I made the point that the world does not get less mysterious as we discover more about it. It gets more and more mysterious. And God is and always has been the mystery that lies beyond human knowledge. And that mystery has not decreased as science has increased, it's gotten bigger. It's gotten more mysterious. Uh, and we don't have to find a job for God because he is, he is all that exists. There is no job. He's the context in which jobs occur. <laughs> so, and I appreciated that because I hadn't quite taken it to that, to that analogy. And I, I, I thought that was exceptionally well done. And especially the way you developed it and continue to develop it. I'm looking forward to um, to listening to the ongoing development as you, I'm sorry, I, I'm sort of wandering here, but as you, you seem to plot out your seasons quite meticulously in advance, do you spend like, you know, a long time figuring out the entire structure of, of a season? Do you map uh, it out in advance? For my first and second season, definitely. Yes. For my third season, I had a general, in fact, I, I have an idea of, the entire series. So it's probably going to be somewhere around 10, 10 seasons. But for my later season, um, my, my general sort of plan is gets a lot more abstract, right? right? But for my first season, what I wanted to make sure was that first season is sort of like structure. It's, it's like a scaffolding or wait, the metaphor that I um, usually use is it's like a journey. So the first season is sort of like equipping for the journey. You're not, you haven't actually taken the journey. Here are you're like, here's the map. Here's here are the shoes. Here's here's a, here's what it means to actually see the road. So right. 
uh, what that translates is that, okay, we, know, we need to know some basic terms. Like, what do we, what do we mean by God? It's not some super powerful entity, entity that science is trying to find or, or not find. And, and that is, it's like, and this is why the first episode was um, so crucial for me. And it took me months for me to rewrite, re- like literally months for me to write and rewrite the whole thing and separate some of the pieces and, and place it in. For example, um, the part about science, I moved it to the God, Science, Universe, and the Flying Spaghetti Monster. You have the argument that sort of played out in the first episode that's now specifically focused in area of science, right? So, so um, did, did you sit down, like you said, lost your bet to God, and said, mm-hmm. um, okay, I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. then for like four or five months, plot it out before you launched? Yeah, about okay. <laughs> 11 months. Yeah, I fl- I, Jenny and I flew much more by the seat of our pants. <laughs> I did each episode as it came up and tried to, to bring it together in as logical a way as possible. And of course, mm-hmm. I had in my mind a broad picture of where I wanted to go. But the amazing thing moving forward and I'm leading to a question for you on this. The amazing thing moving forward is that I was happier and happier with the choice of the name of the podcast, The Christian Atheist, Mm. as we move forward. And now three seasons in, I'm ecstatic with the name. I wouldn't change it for anything. I think it's exactly right. It's exactly what I wanted to say. It's encapsulating all all three seasons so far and everything I can see in the future. Do you feel that way with what do you mean God speaks? Do you think that that choice has worked out well moving forward? For me, the question is more of, does the title communicate what I'm trying to communicate, which it does. So if you're to ask me, like, do you want another title? My answer would be, I can't come up with a title that says what I want to say better so far. I like it. Right. It's, and the more the more I've encountered, the happier mm-hmm. I am with it. And in, I'll just say one more thing, and then I'll let you you talk. And then I guess we got to wrap this up. But soon after I started this podcast, my wife invited my brothers and my sister over to celebrate my birthday. And mm-hmm. I had fairly recently just come back to Christ. And one of the things I asked all of them, I said, "How do you know God exists? What does that mean for you?" And my brother said to me. He speaks to me. And, yep. and I thought, there it is. There's your title. And it's exactly right. And part of the reason that it's so good is that these are the types of things Christians say that non-Christians hear and say, you're insane. That means nothing. What do you mean yes. God speaks? And yes, exactly. That's, exactly that's where it's right. From. And I think it plays well with your repeated statement that this is made for those who are questioning and those who believe and everyone in between. And I think that's, I think it's dead on. I just think that the, it wears better. I think it's worn very well. Of course, I haven't gotten all the way through, but yeah. I mean, I do hope so uh, because it's, it's a very, very, very extended metaphor that goes throughout the entire season. So in my first season, uh, in, in my first episode, because remember uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm translating. So I, I'm going, okay, if I wasn't, and because I know what it's like to think like that and, and, and see the world like that, if I was an agnostic or an atheist or someone who sort of has that view, even though I'm a Christian and so played with all of these questions, what, what would say, um, what would God actually mean? 
because we keep thinking that he's like this alien entity, entity like Super Zeus. And I said, okay, one other thing that I'm doing is I forget the word God because we keep thinking about the wrong thing. Forget the word God for now. I'm going to translate the word for you. And the closest translation at this point is something like reality because right. everything we say about reality, like all That's of reality, terrible. right? And all the reality, what we say about that is what Christians have said of God. So that's a more correct translation. But we, we, we have more thoughts about this reality, namely that we can talk about it. There's rational structure to it. It, it communicates to us, which is why science exists, because science basically is about figuring out the rational structures of the universe with our language. But as we do so, and this is something that atheists like Stephen Hawking would pretty much say, it's like, laws of nature is why the universe exists. And my, um, and my answer is like, precisely, precisely. But what, what Christians say is that, that laws of nature is very linguistic. It's not like gas or rocks. Laws of, laws of nature, if anything, if you are to compare it to any sort of concept that we have, is like a language. It's like speaking. So in a sense, reality speaks. And that's what we mean by God speaks. It's not some mystical thing, at least at this level, right? And so this metaphor progresses. So something like all of reality is God speaking, which means every truth is God speaking, no matter from which source. That's what it means by God speaking. But there is a further level to that. So sometimes reality speaks to you in what we can only describe as a very powerful and personal way. What does that mean? Well, maybe this experience, maybe that experience. How does that play out? Because maybe it's a delusion, right? People hear things all the time. It's like, okay, yeah. But then you need to follow through the narrative and the journey, right? And what, what that reveals is that, well, you, you, you will not know whether uh, what you're hearing is true or not, because remember, every truth is God speaking. You cannot know that unless you live it out and follow it through and see what happens. Right. So. So throughout this entire journey, what you're faced with is this ambiguity, right? We, we think it's about the absence of God and not the absence. Of, no, it's not. It's, it's more about the ambiguity. And we're trying to make it clearer by walking this journey. And ambiguity exists all the time in our lives. So that's what the season, continuing seasons will get into, where the ambiguity is explored and the personality is revealed. And it points, at least for Christianity, right? It points to the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that indexicality this, is something I pick up on too, all over the, it, it, it runs directly through from the, almost the very beginning through the entirety of the Christian atheist, that, that what we're doing is indexing something. We're pointing just like when we're asked, you know, what's the difference between a man and a woman? We point and say, that's a woman. And that's a man. And mm -hmm. if, if you have to do much more than that, then there's something. And of course, you always have to do much more. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, it, I don't mean that there's not a whole lot more there. But I mean that the indexicality is absolutely central to our notion of God, because everything is pointing outside of this imminent universe to something that stands outside it. And that's that notion of transcendence that I find absolutely central to the Christian worldview that has anchored the West and brought about the scientific revolution and the greatest technological revolution in the history of the world, such that we have now almost gotten to the point where we've eliminated poverty. And, and now I'm about to go critical. And so I won't do that. I'll stop. I'll stop here. And I'll ask you if you have any sort of parting things you'd like to say, 
And then maybe at some time in the future, we can get back together and talk about things farther on in your podcast and farther on in my podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, I've enjoyed this immensely. And I'll, I'll let you finish off. Well, actually, a comment about your, your talk about transcendence, which is actually another very interesting example of the need for translation, which is what my series has been trying to do. Because when I say, when we say transcendence, and I sort of phase over into a non-Christian sort of worldview, what I'm, what I'm actually hearing is that we have this universe and we have this, another entire strange mystical realm that we can't prove. And like, we're ghosts and spirits and, and Zeus belongs to, and that's, that's, that's God and that's transcendence. It's like, I don't believe in that. And there's no reason to believe in that. But uh, the Christian idea of transcendence is something very different because true transcendence of God is also true imminence of God. So that's a, that's a weird formula. So forget the formula. What that means is that when oh, we God. say, right, uh, what we say by transcendence also includes, this is why I translated God as reality, right? Um, when we say about, when we speak about God, we are not talking about some separate realm. We are talking about everything. But at the same time, everything that goes beyond our imagination and, and, and our conceptions. So there is, it is everything, all of reality but also all of reality sort of breaks through everything that we can imagine. And that's why it is, it is present in everything, but it also transcends everything. And you already know this, whether you're a Christian or not, that's our experience because that's why science works. That's why we are always trying to discover new things, right? And that's why we can talk about our journeys together. And this is where my podcast season sort of sets up so that if we have this, Maybe we can reread the journey that people in people of old, say people in the Bible, undertook so that they are able they experience these kind of things. And maybe we can actually understand what they actually experienced instead of going, what do you mean God speaks? Because now we get to actually try them out and hopefully encounter Jesus, because that's the goal of Christianity. Yes. And that's what my that's where my series is crawling toward because it's still wrapping up Genesis and Genesis had two seasons. One was the primordial stories of creation and fallen and Noah's flood and all of that, um, which for me, um, I, I, tr- I sort of um, articulate that as almost like a tr- yeah, trans historical description of everything is for me, Genesis one to 11. Whereas from Abraham, it's much more personal, individual, historical in historical. that sense. Yep. Right. But then you have all of these, questions and criticisms against the historicity of Abraham. So you need to deal with that. But it's, it's a very separate sort of thing. So that's my third season. I'm going to go into Joseph for the next couple of episodes, which will finally have me finish that season, which has taken quite a long time. And then onward into, ex, well, you know, Exodus, Israel, and all of that. So that's, that's what I'm doing. What do you very mean, ambitious. God speaks? Mm-hmm. They're very ambitious. <laughs> yes, uh, that's... That's why I did that. This is why I needed to lose my bet with God. So, oh, okay. So I can, I can end with this story then. So a few years ago, 2020, 2019, actually, 2019, which was a special year for you, I understand. So end of 2019. And I was going, because I had a book published uh, three years before that. And I'm going, this is a pretty new book. The peer reviews were like ecstatic when, uh, when the book was being reviewed. But then nothing happened. So like... It's not like even people uh, people said that there was something wrong with it because anyone who read it would actually say, "Oh, this is very good." But 
not a lot of people who read it. So I'm like, I don't know whether it's making any difference. Did I go into a wrong field? Um, all of that. And then there was this, you know, urging in my mind, which is part of what it means to say that God speaks to people urging in my mind, which might be God speaking, right? Which was some people have been asking you to do something like a podcast or YouTube, follow that. And I said, no, because no one's going to listen to it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, ter- I'm not very good at technical stuff. We just hit 900 subscribers on YouTube today. <laughs> so we're not exactly setting the world on fire either. <laughs> I don't even have YouTube. So, you know, <laughs> so uh, I said, no, I, I replied back because this, this, is, this is how, you know, conversation seems with God actually seems to happen where something urges you and it like hits you, hit you in that place where you have to reply back. You, want, you might want to pay attention to something like that, by the way. Uh, and, you say, and I said, no, that's, no one's going to listen to me. Well, not no one, no one, but, you know, no one. But there was a prodding over and over. So I said, okay, I'm going to make a bet. And right around that time, there was a request from what's called a relevance series, where they were asking people to come over to this sort of a series of lectures organized by, I think, Christian organizations to university students. And one of their topic was Christianity and science. And because I taught Christianity and science for uh, several years at the U of T, uh, they heard about me and they said, can you do one for them? But they said, our topic we wanted to want to do the, for this year was uh, environmentalism, Christianity and environmentalism. And I said, that's a great topic. I don't know much about it. Find someone else. <laughs> but uh, then I said, what I can do instead is this wholly different topic, which turned out, which became one of the episodes in my podcast, uh, Flying Spaghetti Monster, God, creation, that, that topic. So it's a different topic altogether. And their format was, they wanted a panel of discussions. My uh, format was, I'm going to be speaking alone because it's, it's, it's a topic that I'm just going to be doing. So for, for you to have me there, you need to change your format and you need to change your topic. So my bet was that, of course, they're not going to do this. <laughs> but if they go through the entire hassle of changing the format and changing the topics just so that they can have me speak, then God, you win the bet and I do the podcast. <laughs> right? Because I'm like, no one's going to listen to me. You know, you know that self bitter cycle. No one's going to listen to me. And then they said, yes. And I lost the bet. <laughs> so that was 29th. That was beginning of 2020. And from then on, I had to start preparing. And okay, interesting. That's what you heard. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed this immensely, Paul. Thanks so much mm-hmm. for coming on. And who knows? I maybe we'll be doing more interviews in the future of other people too. But this has been great. I appreciate your coming on. And any information that you want us to post along with us, please send our way. And I will try to make sure that we have the links, the proper links Mm -hmm. to uh, make sure people can access all of your materials. Yes, please do come over and listen to the podcast. What do you mean God speaks? I am in severe need of, especially people outside Canada, but I have severe need of listeners in general. So it's on Apple, Spotify, Google, most major platforms. Hopefully the links will be there in the, in the episode description and everything. So um, I'm feeling pretty alone in the podcast. I'm still waiting. So, <laughs> Well, I'm, yeah. I'm spreading the word. So hopefully oh, that'd be uh, great. we'll get it out. All right. Take care, Paul. Thanks so much yeah. for, for coming on with us. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. 
I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.